I think dreams are always going to be relevant, like meaning we've got to have something to shoot for. Mm. Um, I mean, the American dream as of 1955, yeah. uh, is it still relevant for today in 2019? No, probably not. Well, I, under I, those definitions, under those terms. I think for some people it might be. I mean. Welcome to our morning podcast with Quay and Tiffany, where we discuss all things about books, movies, and art. Thank you for joining us today on this lovely Friday morning of May 9th, 2019. Tune in every mornings from 6 to 9 to join in the conversation and start your day off with us. This is the Wise Words Book Club, and the latest book that we have just finished reading was a rather insightful novel that, honestly, has yet to be talked about by more critics and journalists which is why we chose to shed light to this bittersweet and emotional story to everyone who is listening right now. Today, we will be talking about the book Heartland, a memoir of working hard and being broke in the richest country in the world. So we would like to start off with giving a short summary of the novel. In this novel, author Sarah Marsh narrates the stories of her turbulent childhood in Wichita, Kansas, where her family and her undergo endless amounts of trials and tribulations in order to make the best of their lower class agribusiness family. This novel portrays how poverty and the country's corrupt economic policies dictated her family's place among the poor working class in America, a country that is filled with promises and opportunities for those who seek it. Throughout the novel, Sarah tries to find answers as to why poverty is so difficult to escape when we're living in a country that's supposed to have equal opportunities for people. For her rhetorical purpose, she attempted to inform and bring awareness to readers of the hardships that families like Smarsh's face during a time of poor economic stability and living as a poor working class family. Their family dynamic was a background of several generations of teen mothers on her mom's side and a fifth generation wheat farmer on her dad's side. In order to escape poverty, Sarah, with the help of her teachers who inspired her, was the first person from her farmhouse to finish high school, graduate college, earn an MFA from Columbia University, and a fellowship at Harvard. While Smarsh was growing up, she did not have much knowledge of her own poverty. However, now that she has learned about the systematic poverty cycle in our country, she's able to use her education to inform her readers of the issues at hand. The readers are then able to advocate for the change they wish to see in the world. All right, so what are we talking about in today's podcast? So today we'll be talking about the false promise of the American dream, the flaws of our government system, and the cycle of poverty for America's working poor. We will also discuss our thoughts and opinions on Smarsh's book and the things that we've learned from this book.
So we chose to interview two people about these two topics. The first interview comes from Amanda Irregues, a first-year psych major that attends the University of San Francisco. What is the American dream to you? For me, the American dream is to come from a background where you don't have a lot to your name and you work hard. You have to work hard, be more ambitious, and stay ahead of the curve in order to build a better life for yourself and your family. I think the American dream exists, but not a lot of people get to experience and live it since it's a dream, not a goal. And what are your thoughts on the cycle of poverty and how can it be solved? I think that capitalism is the worst thing to happen to our society. The cycle of poverty is built so that rich people stay rich and the disadvantaged people stay oppressed. It's extremely difficult for anybody to break out of that cycle. And I think it can be solved if our society actually had the mentality of work hard to reap your rewards instead of work hard just to stay alive. I think that a more evenly distribution of wealth could help too. Our second interview comes from Todd Fitch, an economics professor who teaches at the University of San Francisco. So what is the American dream to you? So to me, the American dream means having the opportunity to do what you want uh, and with as little interference as possible, as long as you aren't interfering with other people. And so it's the, it's the ability to pursue your dreams, whatever those are, economic, cultural, um, spiritual, those kinds of things, and to be able to live your life the way you would like to live it. So what are your thoughts on the cycle of poverty and how can it be solved? So poverty, I think, is a, is a huge issue in that um, it prevent being impoverished often means that you don't have access to um, to food and other resources that you need to live and to be successful and so it's very difficult to exist in society without having some level of, of income that allows you to sort of live a, a, a fulfilling life and so the cycle of poverty, I think, is very difficult to break because there are many aspects of it that are outside the control of government. So you rely on parents to raise their children and to encourage education and to feed them and to not sort of abuse them and things like that. And so those things are extremely difficult to solve because it would require intruding on sort of the way parents parent or the way people raise children. Um, uh, I think that the, the best way to solve it is when people are young. It's much harder to solve when they get older. Uh, but it's hard to solve when you're young. So how would I look at it from solving it from an older perspective? Um, it's access to education. It's access to opportunity. It's um, treating sort of some of the things like mental illness that are outside of the control of people and ensuring that, that people who have sort of those uh, disabilities or other restraints that are constraints that 
they have access to what they need so that they can um, be productive members of society. So it's uh, the the problem is always priorities. Like where do you where do you want to spend money, and who do you want to have to spend it? And so there's this always this trade off between incentives in incentivizing people to work and disincentivizing people to work, and yet taking care of the people in society that that need it. Um, so I don't have a great answer for you because it comes down to sort of tax, tax and spending priorities, uh, which are highly subject to people's personal values. All right, so those were the two interviews that we had from the two different people. And so what do you think about their response? So for their first response, when they talked about the American dream, they both had different points of view on what they thought the main idea was. So the student talked about ambition and working hard in order to get ahead, um, which brings up that competitive aspect that the American dream brings up. And then the faculty talked more about opportunity. So the opportunity to have um, education, to have your resources, Mm -hmm. like basic life resources, food, water. And I think they both had a good idea, Mm -hmm. but I think their ideas work better together. So you can't, yeah, you can't work hard without having the opportunities. You can't be able to achieve the success you want without having opportunities. So like we were talking about how there are, um, there are things that block you from opportunities. So in Sarah's perspective, it was that, um, poverty that her family had. Mm -hmm. Um, I also agree because although the students and the professor's answers were very valid. I feel like I resided more with the student's answer because, I mean, you coming from a, coming from a person who's an immigrant who came here and their family had the American dream, um, I feel like it just made more sense that for their American dream, although the definitions would change throughout the decades and throughout, like, the focus and priorities that society has. I think that the fact that you have to work hard and make something out of nothing in order to provide a better future for your family and yourself, um, I think that's the core of what the American dream is. And, but I do think that her answer was a little weird just because the fact that she talked about um, having to be ahead of the curve like it creates a sense of competition and I feel like that's something that's always been kind of different about the society that we have in America as opposed to like other countries where we always feel like we have to constantly be put against each other and always be better than another like one up each other and so I feel like that's almost kind of like a toxic in a sense like a toxic mindset to have because not everything has to be a competition but at the same time I do understand like the competitiveness of it because everyone is out for the same thing everyone wants 
everyone wants a better opportunity for them and their family. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to succeed. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like um, at the end of the day, both responses were really valid. Mm-hmm. And they do have their own points, especially because, you know, the age difference where the student was 18 and the professor was much of an older age, I feel like like um, both of their viewpoints came from just their background and their environment and just the mindset that comes with the age of it. Mm -hmm. One quote that resonated with us about this topic uh, was when Sarah Marsh said, but the American dream has a price tag on it. The cost changes depending on where you're born and to whom, with what color skin, and with how much money in your parents' bank account. The poorer you are, the higher the price. You can pay an entire life in labor, it turns out, and have nothing to show for it. Less than nothing, even. Debt, injury, abject need. And so we thought this was a very accurate and thought-provoking paragraph, and we agreed with this statement, and... Sometimes this dream, like achieving it, may seem very overwhelming and people may lose faith within, but resilience is what pushes everyone to that greater success. Um, So there's also the topic of cycle of poverty that we touched on, where both of the interviews also mentioned how they thought it should be solved. Yeah, they mentioned the difficulty in addressing this issue, Mm -hmm. and I guess we can discuss what the cycle of poverty is. Um, So for Sarah, in Sarah Smarsh's case, her cycle of poverty had to do with the generations before her. Her mother and her mother's mother, so basically her generation, um, it was a line of teen mothers, and she talks a lot about how being a teen mother connects to poverty. Mm-hmm. I guess you have to, you spend most of your time with your child, and that hinders you from the ability to maybe get an education or even pay for your education. Um, most of your money goes to those children and then you um there's the obstacle of paying for either school or um anything else that you would like to do to get you ahead in life Mm -hmm. and I guess it takes that one person it took Sarah to get out of that cycle um for her to go into um for her not to have a child and for her to get an education in which she can spread her message and she um, is finding her own success. Mm-hmm. And I think it was especially more difficult for her because where the story took place, um, it took place throughout the decades. So it started off in the, 1960, in the 1960s and the 70s where her family had just began to grow, where people started to have kids, where she was beginning to have uh, partners, multiple partners at a time and I think it was just so difficult for her especially especially in her case where at the time like back in the day you know like 
finances were different. Obviously, the money and the ec- and the economy of it, the distribution of wealth was very different. And not only that, but not only that, but I guess it didn't help that she couldn't have enough access to those resources. Mm-hmm. Um, like she couldn't really go to school that much. And not only that, but for her in in that period of time, it was more focused on not just getting education, but just trying to help your family on the spot because they were constantly chasing paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. They were living their life um, on paycheck, so... Mm-hmm. Like, if they were missing a quarter, like, someone would freak out about it. Her grandma and her grandpa would ask everyone around, like, where's the quarter? Where's the quarter? And I think having that survival mentality, it just it just makes you think that, you know, maybe education isn't always the answer because although you're getting the education although it's Mm -hmm. beneficial in the long run you know it like there's only a certain extent to where you can invest yourself that much before things are actually falling apart in the moment where you have to actually support your family day by day just trying to have something to eat on a daily just trying to feed everyone making sure that everyone is okay have a roof over their head making sure that there's enough water to shower, just things like that on a daily, having enough money to spend groceries on. And I guess these two topics connect to each other. Um, I guess when you try to get out of this cycle of poverty, you have that American dream. So I guess, mm-hmm. I guess I'm connecting it to my family. So my parents left El Salvador. They were fleeing the war at 17 years old. And they came here trying to have a better life. And they wanted to have those opportunities. And they tried to go to school. But I guess they were um, they had those obstacles too. That, that had them into the cycle of poverty. So they could only speak Spanish. And they went to all English classes. And it was really difficult for them. But because of their American dream to succeed, they kept working hard. And they just went through those obstacles mm-hmm. and same out. thing for my family like my mom came in here came here trying to support and give me and my brother a better future for us mm-hmm. and obviously with the both of our family you could tell that the american dream for both of us it did work out and in a sense it did it was the push and the drive that led us to where we are now but that doesn't mean that it happened for everyone because i feel like even though the American dream is a dream, it's the fact that it's the dream, you know? Like, dreams are dreams, and it's different when you try to put it into reality because obviously in this world, everything is unfair. Like, not everyone gets to have the circumstances in order to put their dreams into reality. Mm-hmm. And, I'm not, and I'm not saying that, that not everyone can do it, but at the end of the day, there's only so much that you can do before an external factor or like an outside circumstances or just your situation in general there's just some things that makes people have less resources compared to others some people are just not in the right place there's gang affiliated families there's drug abuse there's there's just some things that is out of your control and that so many people are just stuck in that it just sucks to see because 
although everyone has the same dream, not everyone can accomplish it. And it sucks to see that there's also people who are just born into it. They're mm-hmm. born into wealth. They have every single opportunity available to them. Mm-hmm. And their family line just continues with that wealth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also another topic that Sarah touches on throughout the book, and that is the flaws of the government system, where she felt like there were things that the government just couldn't do enough for her and her family, and not just for her and her family, but those who are in the situation that are the same as her, especially when it comes to healthcare and insurance coverage and labor unions, where the lack of like government aid programs the corruptness of it and the cutbacks of education that she can and that she and her family can receive because at one point of the book um she mentions about her grandma betty who was diagnosed with pneumonia and histoplasmosis which are two life-threatening conditions that really needed to be checked out but she couldn't um she couldn't bring her grandma there because the hospital the hospital bill would be too expensive and not only that but they didn't they weren't even part of an insurance coverage program and just the struggle of not being able to even have a professional diagnose and to be able to get prescriptions for it and treatment for things like that just because you couldn't pay for enough for it it just goes to show where there's so many flaws in the government system that they don't really talk about and then there's also the cutbacks of education too like her her family couldn't really get enough education as much as they deserved just because either schools would be too far away they would be constantly worrying about moving to places just in order to like get by and have a decent a cheap amount of well uh, of rent to have and just not being able to have a labor union to be a part of where her grandma and grandpa and her parents too they would always they were an agribusiness family i mean they always work were working in the farms and everything and there was one point where um they had a fire there was a fire that was set out of nowhere and it burned multiple sheds that they had that her dad that her father had built and just the fact that there was no no form of like stability to them where anything could have happened to them and the government didn't really try to cover and help them it just sucked because there was no farm subsidies for it there was no way that they could have ever regained or rebuilt it ever again it was not like they had coverage for it and it was not there was not just enough of support from the government that they had as a family and it just sucks to see because there's so many families like that out there that don't really get covered by the news and like this whole entire book was based on real story like that was Sarah's real life where that she talked about and i could only imagine like all the families that are out there all the stories that are being untold because of things like this and it just 
it really just puts you into a different like perspective about how how there's just so many flaws in the government system. this to be a very interesting read not only because of the engaging storytelling that she gave but also I liked how she had a mixture of that rhetorical purpose within her story so like she would catch your attention um, talking about her family but then she would also delve into serious topics um, that get you to think more And I think that conversations like these are very important to have because without these conversations, people won't have these issues in mind and nothing would be solved unless we as a society can show to each other that we all care as individuals. And I think that action has to start with the conversation first. And in order to alleviate and be just even one step closer into bettering these societal issues and to improve our government system, I think we have to continue to talk about it in order to spread awareness throughout our communities and environments. All right, so what did we learn out of reading this book? I think there are a few things that we could take away just Mm -hmm. based on our topics. Um, That one that the American dream is not always like possible for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people have obstacles that they can't surpass. Uh, We also learned about the cycle of poverty, how in some people's families, their generation and the things that their generation continues to do keep them in that poverty Mm -hmm. um not only their generation but the government also um Mm -hmm. how like there's just so many factors that go into the reason why people struggle to get out of that cycle and i think i just grew more of an understanding as to why these things happen and why it's so hard to find a solution for it Like, although there's definitely ways that we can better the situation, it doesn't take away the fact that it's just so complicated to do because there's so many different stories, there's so many different conditions and circumstances that everyone has. And especially for her, I think that the fact that her story was real and it wasn't a fake one, it just goes to show that, you know, Time and place and setting really does count. It really does matter into how you can um, get out of a situation that you're going through. Yeah, so Sarah Smarsh shared her own story because her experiences prove that there are issues in our society, um, issues that we can improve on. And in fact, most people have experiences like hers, but they're not able to speak up as she did. Mm-hmm. So, like, she gained an education, and she was able to publish a novel, but not everyone can do this. And then, as Quay previously mentioned, um, these actions start with conversation. So, as a society, 
we should all like speak up when we see a problem and Mm -hmm. as we spoke um solutions aren't always easy but Mm -hmm. i think speaking about it gives us a start and Mm -hmm. i encourage that if our listeners have ideas such as these they should discuss them with others and um other topics and issues that sarah raised awareness to were just things like having um, knowledge in order to be able to involve to be involved in politics Mm -hmm. and also just general things that everyone goes through some people go through um abusive relationships some people go through um, depression and anxiety and mental health. She touches a lot on that, and those are just some of the very like those were just some of the many topics that she covered throughout the story. And I think that the book is very underrated. I think that her story has a lot to tell, and I think everyone should listen to it. And I feel like everyone can take something away from it. Mm-hmm. Because it was just so easy to follow. Like, it wasn't something that involved statistics. It wasn't something that involved um, informational and research. It was, it was just real life and their actual hardships. Mm-hmm. Things that they actually had to go through. And um, I know statistics apply to, or like, can reach some readers. Mm-hmm. But this was just... It was like an element of pathos mm-hmm. to definitely. connect to us, yeah. Yeah, definitely. In next week's podcast, we will be talking about the next book, Becoming Michelle Obama. We will also be discussing all things about women's leadership what it means to be an example for this country, as well as the progress that women have made this past year. It will be a very interesting podcast, so stay tuned and have an amazing, relaxing weekend. This is the Wise Words Book Club.